Oh my god. This is a day for alacrity. <laughs> a day for speed. Output. Tools. Extensions. Every week. Every week. Jake, speed. Alacrity. <laughs> I'm going Efficiency. To, I'm trying. <laughs> trying. Productivity. <laughs> Capitalism. There it is. Professionalism. <laughs> Expertise. <laughs> Important if true. Stop. What is it, do you guys think? This episode of Important if True is brought to you by Quip. <laughs> Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. Consider that. And if you go to triquip.com slash thumbs, that's triquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill sent to you for absolutely free. That's triquip.com slash thumbs. It's February 8th, 2018. And this is important if true. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I am Jake Rodkin. Oh, man, that was oh. a cliffhanger, that last one. <laughs> I'm Jake Rodkin? I think so. I think you are. Okay. But I can't be sure because you are not in the speed dial favorites on my telephone. So I have to double check your name by scrolling through my long contacts list. However, by contract, <laughs> Nick Brecken is in my favorites speed dial on my my iPhone telephone. Well, I, I always get confused uh, when I'm trying to talk to you, Chris, because you were listed in my phone <laughs> That's true. as Dodgson <laughs> with a picture of Dodgson from Jurassic Park looking kind of annoyed on the beach. <laughs> that is true, and has been that way for years. Yeah, since we started selling the cold bloom yeah, beer koozie. Yeah, explain this bullshit. Oh I my god, okay. Well, I didn't expect to go into this talking about uh, the cold bloom, but it. we're there. It's happening. On our website, we have a store at store.idlethumbs.net, and we sell cheesy merchandise, most of which is just like t-shirts and soundtracks from like music you've played on our podcast before, Chris. But one thing that we sell is a beer koozie uh, with a black and white sort of posterized image of Jeff Goldblum's face. Uh, it's a yellow It's like a yeah, bright yellow beer black koozie. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Uh, and it's called the Cold Bloom and on the store we've re- or we were trying to I was trying to figure out when we were taking pictures of this thing what can we show it's multi-uses of besides just putting a can in it to keep it cold and uh, it works really well as a holder for an iPhone or did in the era of the iPhone 5 I think phones are probably too big to fit in the cold bloom these days well they're probably not too big to fit to fit you just have to stretch it they a just, bit they just it's make it it's not, but it'd be a weird it's, elongated it's cold not bloom. as nice because it has yeah. a little hole in the bottom that you can thread your charging cable through you know what mm. they say it's not as nice to elongate your cold bloom. Oh, my God. No one should say that. Anyway, <laughs> why were you talking about speed dial? Well, you didn't explain the fucking Dodgson part. Oh, right. There's a picture uh, uh, There's a picture on the store of Dodgson ca- being like calling and then a finger hanging up on him because we got Dodgson here and nobody cares. Yeah. That's the whole, that's it. That's all. It, it means nothing. Right. And so when we'd made that, you had to change me to Dodgson's because I could call you. And, and you called me and then I hung up on you. Dodgson, but you've never changed It's really funny. From Dodgson. It's, it's just really, so strange. It's been um, it's, several years. It's so entertaining to me on the very rare times that you actually call me 
because then my phone lights up and it says Dodgson, and yeah. I'm I'm inclined in those very rare moments to hang up on you because it's so funny to me. Yeah. But instead, I talk to you. You can look at this stupid picture at store.idlethumbs.net and click on the cold bloom. Um, I it is true that I am unlikely to call you. But the thing I realized now is that because we Nick is remote when we do this podcast, I have to call Nick on the telephone every single week because that's how we do this. Because we, you guys are good yeah. friends. That's uh, what friends do. Well, they call each other on the phone. Uh, and so, <laughs> as of a, like a week or two ago, I realized that Nick Brecken is the. There's two people in my favorites list on my phone, and they are my wife. And Nick Brecken. <laughs> so, congratulations, Nick. You're one nice. of my two favorites. Nice. My my smartphone says it. My uh, so. my my call list is just all you and every <laughs> everybody like anything that's calling me that is just spam uh, garbage. Right. That is mine as well. <laughs> yeah. Just... In fact, this actually that is the reason I put you in the favorites is because I was my brain was initially like, oh well, I'll just go to recent calls and then <laughs> and Nick and I'll just garbage. Go, but it's just fucking garbage. It's you, but you're buried under like ten stupid like blocked garbage calls yeah uh, it's just it's just all garbage it's, yeah that's true it's true it's all garbage but one is the kind of garbage that i need to actually <laughs> right. place every week so because it's I, important if true yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> i'm like well none of these people are my favorites but i guess nick brecken can be my favorite garbage so well, if there's a week out. that I'm out, you can just call one of those other numbers and see if anybody wants to be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can just reverse uh, reverse cut your hair, bro. Mm-hmm. Some of those numbers. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, welcome to this podcast. Here we are recording it. Our, this So we didn't plan to talk about this when we were figuring out what we we're going to talk about You today, literally found this in the printer because you forgot about it. Yeah, I meant to talk about this last week. I printed out the news story about it, for, left it there, and then just two minutes ago went over to the printer to get some other stuff I printed out, and this was there. And I thought, oh, wow, great. So have are, are either of you familiar with Nigel the Lonely Gannett? Yes. From New Zealand? Jake, you're you're aware of this. Nick, are you aware of this? I I I saw a headline and I I don't I don't know the detail behind this. Oh man, the details are very good. I'm glad to share with you the details. Um, so this is a story that came out just a few days ago, actually, uh, and it's a story about a uh, a bird, a gannet. I wasn't even aware of this species, gannet, but it looks like sort of a seagull kind of bird yeah is that that seems true so the headline from the guardian is incredible which is nigel the lonely gannet dies as he lived surrounded by concrete birds (laughs) 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 so the the story begins if there's such a thing as a tragic life for a bird then the life of nigel no mates a new zealand gannet probably fits that bill oh no i didn't know that was his full name yeah nigel quote no mates which sounds like <laughs> oh, a God. like a cockney gangster uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah but is just about how he has no friends at least no living friends the the deal with this bird is that he lived for years alone on an uninhabited island called mana off the north of new zealand and <laughs> incredibly so new zealand conservation officials Years ago, on this island, they installed replica, immobile, conk painted concrete 
gannets. So just like statues of yeah, these birds. Yeah, just mm. painted statues of these birds. They actually look quite realistic, except that they literally don't move because they're just made out of concrete. There's not, they're not like sophisticated audio animatronics or anything. They're just This isn't like a Porgs birds. situation. No, this is, this is no <laughs> Porgs. So they installed concrete statues of these birds, and then they also ins- installed a sort of sounds that sound like other gannets. They with speakers that are solar powered so they don't ever run out of power and they have these bird calls that just go out from this island and the point of this was an attempt to lure a whole colony of gannets to settle on this island as basically a reserve for these birds in an attempt to like juice the population um and what happened was it attracted exactly one bird named <laughs> Nigel who got there in 2013 Nigel then lived there for 5 years alone with these birds which is so that is sad enough but what's really sad is that Nigel can for for 5 straight years never gave up trying to make friends with these birds and like find a mate he just sat there doing all of the like mating ritual stuff, all of the sort of making friends things that birds do, trying to become friends with these birds, and they are statues. So they did nothing. One of the like <laughs> conservation rangers said, Nigel was very faithful to the colony. I think it must have been quite a frustrating existence. Whether or not he was lonely, he certainly never got anything back from these birds, and that must have been a very strange experience when he spent years courting them. I think we all have a lot of empathy for him because he had a hopeless situation. So it gets much weirder and even bleaker. Because, so one, he uh, he was observed he was observed constructing a nest for his intended mate. For the, for the statue he really liked. Oh, Nigel. Yeah. So he spent years, years making a nest, doing what he thought was grooming her feathers, sort of making bird sounds at her. And he never stopped doing this for five straight years. And then the most, the outrageous part is that like three or four weeks ago, uh, Three more gannets finally came to this fucking island. <laughs> Three new birds finally came here, settled down, and then Nigel just uh, apparently ignored them completely, remained totally aloof, and kept talking to his inanimate concrete <laughs> chosen bird oh. while these other while these other birds just kind of hung out on this island. See, and did God, their a, a true this is like and this, then is, this is like what actually should have been the end of Castaway is that he he keeps the soccer ball and then he goes back to <laughs> he goes back to his hometown and doesn't care about anybody else. He just still talks to the soccer ball all day long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a volleyball. Oh, whatever. <laughs> well, that's soccer ball, Walter. That's, that's the American the American name for the volleyball. Yeah. Is the soccer yeah, ball. Right. It's, Nigel. It's, I know. I mean, on the one because you can start off with the sort of oh, it's this like really sad, desperate existence where he's just really. But then he gets his. But friends. then he finally like actual real God, birds. That show ends up. with just like the slow 1970s camera zooming out to the island with sort of the pinnacle of the island in the middle. 
and the three new birds on one side, and then Nigel and his two statues on the other, just slowly panning away. Yeah. With, yeah. But he's dead. Yeah. Nigel, like Nigel is just yeah. dead. It's ignore, so like, fucking bleak. <laughs> I, I feel like Nigel is all of us. Silent like, cut I, to black at the yeah, end. All, yeah. I mean, it is. Nigel is all of us. Yeah. I mean, to well, I mean, true, true enough, Chris. Interesting. Nigel is different <laughs> subsets of us depending on how fucked up you want to get, right? I mean, like Nigel's definitely not on your uh, contact list, on your most called list. Nigel's not on anyone's most called list. <laughs> He's literally not on anyone's yeah. list of anything. No. Nope. Um, Nigel has one person on his most called list, and they don't ever pick up the phone. Yeah. Uh, I mean. You could, I mean, there's dark directions to go with this that I will not because they freak me out. Uh, but I mean, just just in general, there's sort of the like interacting with simulacrum of yeah. sort of human interaction. Well, just at, that you, at your perception ex- of what the world is versus how the rest of the world uh, perceives or cares about you is very much mm-hmm. yeah at the heart of Nigel's life and of the dread that that it gives you. Yeah. It also makes me like it when they choose a mate like it's that's the weirdest part about well no it's not the weirdest part it's a pretty weird part about this like is he is there like a weird sort of in male entitled thing here where he's like, look, if I just put in the work, she's got to eventually be my bird mate. Like, I mean, is that what's going on in his head? Is it that sort of dynamic of just like, let's hope I mean, I'm is, such Chris. a nice guy. Let's I'm hope, just let's here. Hope like, Nigel I'm building is a her nice th- guy. I'm building her this nest. I mean, what? Like, I mean, I'm spending a long time doing it. I'm being really nice God, about it. I mean, in that regard, it's it's probably good that Nigel died before he could become radicalized. <laughs> That's actually why he didn't. Like, he's been so sort of. Yeah, if Nigel had been able to get online, he would have been insufferable. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I uh, I just thought this story was incredible, um, and really either really sad or really distressing, yeah. depending on how you choose to interpret Nigel. I mean, the it the whole thing really does take on a weird tenor when you when the other birds arrive, and it sort of turns it from something purely tragic into something that is both tragic and also something else yeah that's hard to identify uh, i i live in oakland and i live right near lake Merritt, which is just a, a bit it's a natural lake in the middle of oakland that then sort of got walled up in the in the, like the late 1800s early 1900s they've sort of cemented the edges in and put a path in but it's a it's a huge lake right in the middle of the city and uh it still has some sort of clusters of trees and parks around it that the city hasn't fully encroached on uh-huh. um and because it's near the near the san francisco bay and has uh a one one stream left that hasn't been totally culverted and replaced with mm. roads that feed in. Uh, it gets some fish, but it definitely gets a ton of birds. And uh, I was walking around Lake Merritt with with Dana, with my wife, uh, just a couple days ago, and there's a lot of night herons around Lake Merritt. And if you don't know night herons, they're a very they are a very good bird. I mean, when you think of a heron, you usually I think think like of like long legs, like long legs, sort of super long neck, yeah, uh, like lithe hunters, like weird kind of dinosaur esque birds. Night herons are like if a heron 
decided to try and be discreet by really awkwardly hunching itself into a trench coat and then sort of like <laughs> looking around at everyone like their necks are totally packed <laughs> in and they're dark gray oh, and they just sort of sit on the edge of the lake so it's at like night. they've got this sort of like upturned collar, collar. Yeah, of, they of just, a private they just eye look like, they look yeah. like a nerd trying to look cool as far as birds <laughs> go where they just sort of because they're like hunched over and sort of like right. when you get near them they're like oh I'm trying to hunt but there's like a huge person walking by but I'm not going to fly away because right. then the thing that I'm hunting He's gonna notice all just kind of sidle and hunch, and they're they, I, they crack me up because they're all they're these like beautiful, interesting birds, but they're all over. But they're just fucking dorks. They're all over Oakland and they're dorks. So yeah. their signs have just gone up that that are like, please do not enter this part of the park. We're trying to create a, a safe breeding area for night herons, and they're doing the total Nigel thing where they have <laughs> oh, sounds of birds oh, playing out of these trees. And yeah. uh, Dana and I walked around a corner and. We were like, what is that up there? That's like a really like obvious not hiding night heron. Oh, wait, it's fake. So there's a <laughs> fake night heron in a tree, yeah. and we saw a female night heron sort of furtively walking into the woods, <laughs> and we're like, don't go. Don't be Nigel. Don't do it. So like, I'm now... I, uh, every time I walk past this area, which has been a couple times this week now, I just all I can think about is yeah. like any bird that goes in there is just walking into a, just right. a Twilight Zone episode. You're just going into like a, it's a tragic trap. You're being catfished by these <laughs> woods. You're being like bird catfished, weirdly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that article coming out means that yeah. all the. It's just now you these just awkward, know. like sort of sidling well, nerd birds the, who are just like Jesus Christ. Hopefully, the 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 sort of reality of it is different than Nigel's. Nigel's is this very like I'm making you this nest. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing all this stuff. Hopefully, given your characterization of night herons, their version of it is just so like awkward just, and just no, like oh geez. shit oh maybe they didn't even notice me i'll just oh let me just circle back around and approach again uh, i don't think they saw me the first uh oh no oh, oh shit oh god oh i'll come back and do it later oh yeah uh, it's those those night herons are gonna get radicalized for sure it's gonna be real bad the lake mary situation is crazy because it is a, a bird preserve like it's a sort of water bird preserve like it has huge numbers of just like giant like great pelicans that that hang out there and all all these animals yep but it also borders like the lucky shopping center parking lot. So instead of pigeons in this parking lot, there's just fucking great herons and wow. night herons and stuff. Yeah. Basically hmm. like getting kicked out of the way by people who are trying to get oh, to their God. car. Not like actually kicked, but you know right. what I mean? Sure, like shooed. Yeah, you're sort of you're shooing like these huge just majestic like majestic dorks. dinosaurs and nerds and the nerd <laughs> ones. It's a it's a weird situation. <laughs> anyway, I hope they get out of that parking lot and just go awkwardly like go on awkward dates uh, yeah. I don't know if they'll actually get to that point Chris I think they'll all just sort of go <laughs> near each other um, but you know maybe they'll find How happiness how species survived to this point I'm sure that it's just my perception of them and they actually oh, okay. just they're, are, actually they're just, just boning all the time yeah, yeah they're just totally they're just going for it yeah yeah alright good for them the lake the lake merit uh, center for thirsty birds <laughs> <laughs> alright um if only Nigel had gone there, maybe he would have found true love. Yeah. Maybe he would have met another nerd. Nigel would have found that very distasteful. <laughs> Nigel has very romantic opinions about about mating, and he has very specific ideas about how it's how it's going to happen, when it definitely I was raised did. to believe that you fall in love with a cement block painted like a bird. <laughs> Spend five years building her a nest, and then die alone in front of three other birds. <laughs> I have shown Sorry, them. that's just what that's just how That's I was what a raised. gentleman I mean, is. <laughs> what right. are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, we have an email, though, on a totally different note. 
Unless you guys have any more really good, important, sexy, frustrated bird stories. <laughs> I'm glad Jake had a, against all odds, somehow yeah. had a, Chris, another story. About, about, about nerdy, horny birds? Look, it's all... <laughs> if you know where to look, Chris. <laughs> I mean, now once... Once it's it's a classic thing, <laughs> right? Where now once that it's been now that once it's been pointed out about these sort of we're gonna get like nerdy, thirty emails birds, about this. Just gonna, well, now you're just going to notice them everywhere. I mean, it's like you can't get it. it's right. I mean, it's just how it always is. It's true. So yeah, <laughs> that'll uh, hold true in this case too. I think so. Um, <clears throat> okay. On a totally different note, uh, Matt writes in. If you turned on a TV in the 1990s, you know the slogan for Pringles potato crisps is, once you pop, you can't stop. Well, they stopped. Now, their slogan is, apparently, you don't just eat them. What on earth am I supposed to be doing with these Pringles if not just (laughs) eating them? Stay mild, Matt from Arizona. I did not. I think I might have seen this actually, but it didn't register in my brain. Yeah, it's, yeah. Also, it's on the t- it's on the top of every Pringles tube mm-hmm. now. I don't know that I I don't know that I realized this had been this actually replaced the official slogan, which is indeed that once you pop, you cannot stop. I mean, I guess it's good that you can stop now. I mean, in fact, you definitely can stop, and maybe you are being told to because you don't just eat them or M. You don't just eat M. What do you What do you think the marketing is? is supposing that one does with Pringles if you don't just eat them. Um, Do you think that they're trying... Because, like, Q-tips, you know, just, like, the little swab that you... People use like in their ear, but you're right. technically you not supposed to. There's like clean them. Have you seen that? There's ears. like gendered Q-tips now, where there rather there's Q-tips for everyone, and then there are Q-tips for there men. Like cuties. <laughs> oh, oh, they're Q-tips no, for men. No, 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 no. Oh, Q-tips oh, oh. for men. Are they? Are wow. they tactical? Are they just the same? Oh, they're, dude, they're like, so tactical. Wait, for real? <laughs> yeah, they they have like <laughs> a corrugated metal pattern printed <laughs> over the box. Oh my god! <laughs> and it says the ultimate multi-tool. No. <laughs> So, so fucking stupid. <laughs> so I can only assume that you don't just eat them because, like, you can use the Pringles tubes to fucking jack up your car and change a tire or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. God, it's just it's a replacement, like, exhaust. Piss in it your- on a long car trip. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the actual Pringles are for. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it depends kind of what the emphasis. Boil them. <laughs> Mash them. <laughs> piss in the can um i i oh, saw, yeah it, the lord of the rings movies really went downhill well, oh yeah what when frodo, Wait, started, when frodo just started, yeah. yeah yeah it's a good point it's true i that was a bad moment yeah i, I didn't watch past the first hobbit movie but i assume the second <laughs> and third ones involved what you've just said yep um it depends i suppose on the um emphasis so i tried you to, don't you don't just eat them yeah you don't just eat them not just you, Nigel. Remember, they're they're for everyone. They're for everyone. Uh, in the case of Nigel, he'd be in like, the case yeah, of, yeah, and then no. Nigel, he just thinks it's oh, a look, lover I, or something. I, I feel like, like I've been I've been trying real hard for five years now to get anyone other than me to just eat him. I eventually just ate him, I'm, and I felt great shame in this. I, Nigel. I just ate him. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That it could be. You don't. Just eat them. What does or, that even mean? I don't know what that That's means. Bad, just that, but you don't just eat them implies that you do other things to them. Right. 
<laughs> you know, what I mean, well, so does the uh, the next al- alternative, which is you don't just eat them, or which is or an even more suggestive yeah. version. Oh, sorry, what, Nick? Well, I mean, you could also just read it like like you don't just eat them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't just yeah. eat um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat. Uh, you, you have to also eat other things. Well, that's, yeah. maybe that's you don't just actually... eat um. Pringles is part of this balanced breakfast <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Like, please do not do not subsist. That's off. actually God. You don't that's... subsist off Pringles alone as a shitty Super Bowl ad campaign where a person just eats Pringles and wacky things happen to them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also could be a direct response to their previous campaign, which is once you pop, you can't stop. Which is like, look, I know that we are aware at the Pringles Corporation that when you start eating Pringles, you can literally never stop eating Pringles, and all you ever eat is Pringles. But we have to be able to, legally, we've been informed, we have to stress, you cannot just eat them. You have to eat other things as well. Uh, I think, though, this is actually, I mean, let's, 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 this is this Pringles real talk here, Chris. I'm pretty sure that what this slogan is actually telling you is you don't just eat them you devour them voraciously <laughs> and in an oh. unending way. I'm sure oh. that's what it's actually trying to say. Oh. They've sort of muddled the message, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're saying, is that's that you basically th- just right. unhinge your jaw and slide the tube of Pringles down into it right. and then cough back out the empty <laughs> tube. <laughs> right. That's actually, that is actually, I see. So that is in, in some ways an evolution of once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, because this is sort of the velvet glove yeah. to the original iron fist of Pringles slogan. Well, no, I think it's actually the other way around because I think once you pop, you can't stop. I think the implication of that is like you try one and you're like, ooh, delightful. Then you have another one and you're like, oh, so nice. And then you keep eating one of them until okay. they're on go- all gone. Mm. But here you're sort of implying like fucking don't even start with one. You're just like, uh, blah, so just this, like the slogan is just <clears throat> you will eat all the Pringles. Yes, you will eat all. <laughs> the Pringles. Yeah. You have eaten the Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is interesting to consider what the implications of of the two of two of the alternatives which are Nick's you don't just eat them or the the sort of re- it's related cousin you don't just eat them because both of those kind of come with a like a waggly eyebrow sort of right there's either a smirk that, emoji or yeah. a sunglasses emoji uh, affixed to either of those implications yeah just like you don't just eat them <laughs> you st- <laughs> I just Jesus I, Christ Chris <laughs> no no <laughs> I just mean like there's it's such a it's such a like <laughs> I mean there's such a I don't know elves behaving badly <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> tactical <laughs> no the ultimate multi-tool <laughs> wink I I quote sure any slogan could have a sunglasses emoji or a winking emoji put at the end of them and that's true <laughs> Like I'm sorry, Chris, but it's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, sorry, once I you pop, it. you can't stop. Yeah, true. No, it's, it's sunglasses or winking emoji. No, it's true. It's 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 a horrible ruiner. They're magically delicious. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry, With a everyone. name like Smuckers, it has That's, to be good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one has always been bad. Always been bad. <laughs> Yeah, <coughs> Smuckers. Ugh. Fucking Smuckers. Fuck. Oops. <laughs> well, excuse My, me. I remember when I, I remember when I was growing up. Uh, I, me. I'm sorry. Sorry. My grandmother uh, <laughs> lived in Pennsylvania, and we would visit from New York. And I don't know if there just weren't 
Fuddruckers in New York, or or if it was like just not near where we lived, but there were definitely Fuddruckers in. Oh yeah, I think everyone's first encounter with Fuddruckers, if it's not origin original chain where they grew up, is has was is a notable experience. Well, I, yeah, I just remember my mom was so and my grandmother were so distressed <laughs> by me and my brother like excitedly pointing out a Fuddruckers, <laughs> off, like just by off the highway or whatever. Like it was just something that made them really tense and unhappy, which just made us more excited and you're like, to discuss the, the, the Fuddruckers. Yeah. So <laughs> Fuddruckers. Stop. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. Okay. All right. Eat some Pringles. Yeah. Not just eat some Pringles, if you know what I'm saying. I do know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying, strangely. I'm saying we should not just eat this food. I, I'm, a, I'm aware. I don't like the look you're giving me right now. <laughs> or the sound you're making. <laughs> I'm sorry for driving that one into the ground. You drove it somewhere very specific. Erase this episode. <laughs> Uninstall. Unsubscribe. <laughs> People replying to something on social media with just the word unsubscribe still is one of my favorite fucking things. It's really actually a rare drop because people usually it's just become say- become less common, yeah. Yeah, that's why when someone when someone just says unsubscribe, I think it is, it's just so funny to me. Like it's the, the desperate like dad attempt who has some grasp of how the internet right. used to work mm, and yeah. trying to apply that and I don't know. Yeah. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by a shout out. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm this, actually always surprised when we get a shout out, even I though I go, wow, it's, it's yeah, actually really cool. You act like a dipshit. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I genuinely think it's cool. I agree. Uh, well, this one. Wow. Oh, my God. This one is a shout out for the podcast Video Death Loop. Video Death Loop? Video Death Loop. It is located at videodeathloop.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast on which every week the two hosts watch a different short video on loop until they cannot take it anymore, <laughs> okay. which feels very much in the spirit of, I would say, the, the modern internet. Yes. Uh, so from the host of the show, he says, we use the repetition to inspire improvised stories and funny discussions, building strange worlds around the idiosyncrasies of the videos. The listeners get to enjoy the commentary without being subjected to the video loop themselves. So I, Chris, did some research on this, and it looks like it started out as a YouTube thing, uh, which makes sense, where they would, right? the video would be looping in YouTube, and then you'd hear their voices on top, and they've since migrated to a uh, to a podcast. Uh, to the Wild West, where you're not going to get content ID'd. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What if, what if iTunes, what if the iTunes store started content IDing? Material. A lot of podcasts would have a lot of trouble. That's true. I think. Yeah. Uh, so get on the video death loop train, I guess, before this old, shitty, busted form of fodca- podcasts catches up with the rest of the like shittier capitalized internet, and this podcast is no longer able to exist. Yeah. Well, po- well, podcasts remain pirate radio. Yeah. Video death loop. Yeah. Video death loop will give you flashbacks to. Uh, the culture of your youth that you grow up grew up with, like Beverly Hills 90210. That's just, I'm looking at their list of episodes, and that's <laughs> one of the things they did was an episode on Beverly Hills 90210 TV opening. 
uh, the Cheetos pause commercial, which feels like something, Jake, that you would have remembered. Anyway, you can find Video Death Loop at videodeathloop.com or wherever else podcasts come from. I found it on Overcast, which is what I use. Uh, if you would like to put a shout out, either, either personal or commercial, on this podcast or other podcasts on our network, you can do that by going over to store.idlethumbs.net and clicking the thing about shout outs, and you'll see it. Thanks to Video Death Loop for sponsoring this episode. All right, are we back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know why I said it like that. What? Like what? That. Are we back? Oh, like, oh I yeah. Guess we, I guess we were back. Uh, we're back Nick, Nick and I, I, Nick and I have replaced ourselves with st- cement statues <laughs> painted to look like ourselves. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, remember that episode of Idle Thumbs, uh, of, of the Idle Thumbs podcast, where you just stopped talking, Chris, and then I noticed and stopped talking yeah and then nick increasingly became in, unhinged um, yeah like that was brain. that was that was yeah. our version of the nigel experiment that, yeah. not, sorry the nigel experiment was not an experiment to just isolate a bird <laughs> and make it sad <laughs> finally after five years of our successful experiment <laughs> our subject has died, has died. <laughs> mission accomplished he died Success. alone our plan, to, our plan to murder a bird in the most distressing and isolating <laughs> way possible has finally succeeded. Okay, well, since we're talking about bird experiments, we should maybe actually read this follow-up because we talked about the the crow what's this the crow bar? The yeah. crow mm-hmm. cigarette uh <clears throat> project. Where was that in the Netherlands? Someone someone was trying to yeah, it was somewhere put, put little pods around the world that could ostensibly train crows to throw cigarettes in them in exchange for treats, which was based on an experiment that someone did a TED Talk on where they claimed that they had made a vending machine where crows could be trained to put coins into the machine. Right. Mm. And in exchange, they would get a reward. And then eventually, maybe you could take away the reward and they would just be minions who give you money. Right. Right. Unsurprisingly, this is a TED Talk. Um, (laughs) We got an email from... um, Billy, who just says, sadly, it seems the crow vending machine never worked in the wild, and the New York Times published a correction, and the New York Times did like, publish it. A- like nine years ago, they published a correction. Yes, but this is this is what. So, in in um, Idle Thumbs, excuse me, an important if true vernacular, this crow vending machine may have at least been a minor grade wax house. Oh, it was a total wax house. Yeah, not not necessarily in that it was entirely entirely fabricated because it wasn't it wasn't fully fabricated, but its ability to just sort of meme its way out into the well, internet. The thing that mm. is the thing that is actually a wax house about it is that uh, the the person who ostensibly made this crow vending machine gave a TED talk, published all these articles have a web has a website and claimed that he had actually successfully used it in a zoo and all this stuff right, and, and that wasn't true he and just straight up yes. didn't do that and now there's internet knowledge based on top of that like it's a foundational piece of other content that the itself that, could be pulled out from underneath it and it doesn't matter because the internet doesn't like there's this cigarette butt thing whatever i mean like this guy his vending machine it was an experiment that he had started to do. He did some some tests of it in his apartment. He had a university professor help him with a couple of tests on a campus, which failed. And then he just basically fabricated the rest of it. He claimed he had done a bunch of work yeah. at a zoo. He had not done a bunch of work at a zoo. He claimed or sort of lied by omission that the university tests had succeeded. They had not. I believe that they're still selling little crow houses related yeah. to or based on this guy's work. Yep. And also this cigarette 
thing seems predicated on the idea that the Crow vending machine was just was and should be taken as a success. Yeah, I mean, in and some ways, not. that's what makes this an even more outrageous wax housing than the original <laughs> wax house in that apparently people are actually basing new sort of urban kind of research and right. planning this, on something that never worked in the first place. This is as if someone made a new season of Sewer Sharks for Netflix, or excuse me, Sewer Sharks. So, Sewer Shark what? is the Sega CD game of Street Sharks. It's like if someone made a new season of Street Shark, of Street Sharks, oh, the cartoon, and just put made, Roxy yeah, in right. it, right. Yeah. and didn't care if someone pulled the foundation out from under them, were like, uh, that actually was just a guy okay, who made it up. The difference is that any version of Roxy is still a made-up character, so whatever. You could put her in the new one, and she's still equally just <laughs> a made-up character. The difference is that the Crow thing never worked in the first place and therefore isn't going to work the second time. Like, sure. You can't, like, will it into existence the way you can will Roxy the made-up fucking street shark, a species that isn't real, into <laughs> the world because you can literally just animate her and then she's real now. This is It's totally true. This This crowbar business seems just destined to fail. Separate from the New York Times Magazine blog, or New York Times Magazine retraction article, there's a blog that I'll link to by a crow researcher that is that is really good and sort of talks about what it, why people are inclined to believe this and why they're not. And just it, it's it's full of really good examples of like here are actual crow behaviors. Here's crows that make primitive tools. Here are crows that sort of bond to owners or friends and do bring them stuff in exchange for rewards, but it's always like this is a set of four crows that just live next to someone's house and actually build a relationship with the person the way that like a domesticated animal would. Mm. And like all that stuff is actually really interesting and I'll, and we'll link to that blog in the show notes and it's worth reading just so that you won't so that you, so that your anger will be focused on the f- crow vending machine guy and not on right. crows who continue to be awesome. <laughs> we need to really make sure that we don't accidentally it's true. Why would anyone take this <laughs> take this information and be like, fucking crows? I thought that they would I thought they were gonna, gonna make me rich dead money. Bullshit. <laughs> what the fuck? Just put them on an <laughs> island. <laughs> They're just as bad as those fucking dorky herons. Those nerds. We're all bir- sh- birds only this week. What is happening? <laughs> I just meant. I hope they die alone on an island surrounded by statues. Eating Pringles. <laughs> the way a bird should die. <laughs> Greased up on Pringles. <laughs> romancing a cement statue. No, all that I meant is that crows do a lot of the things that. that are interesting about the vending machine article, except for the part where you can train them to just give you money. Right. Like crows, mm. it seems like the, the the dividing line in sort of crow research is you maybe can't optimize random crows in the wild to train themselves to just give well, you money or cigarette butts. What's the point of these animals existing if they aren't going to make me money? Send them to the island. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, our, that's the end of our bird news. That's the end of bird news, presumably. Which took up two I mean, uh, pr- I mean, we have way, we have, I already, so... <laughs> Even the amount of bird news we knew we were going to have going into this episode was higher than I normally would expect. And then the fact that we've had like tripled the amount of bird news that was intended for is pretty impressive. So I'm not really under like any particular... I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that bird news is over, but it might be. Well, there was that Pringle news segment, which we turned into bird news. True. I mean, it's like it's possible there might be no more bird news coming, but that more bird news might emerge from within the existing news. We're all doing it things, right now. All Let's these keep... things are possible. Okay, whatever. Here's another email. <laughs> JW writes, since, 
since sandwiches are really intended for a single person <laughs> with little mess or cleanup, they seem especially designed for the single person and thus to some degree a hallmark of the lonely. Whenever I am fixing my sandwich, just Jake is like you're having a, some kind of fit. Over I, I feel like your decision to read this email right now is basically <laughs> very deliberate. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a food for people who are alone. Lonely. Perhaps yeah. the only inhabitant of a of a waterlocked location. <laughs> Whenever of I'm people or or living things. Whenever I'm fixing my sandwich, quote, just the way I like it, unquote, it occurs to me that the act brings me pleasure and makes me feel somewhat pathetic and lonely. That's an interesting combination of things. This set me down the road of emotions being tied to specific foods and which foods are the loneliest. I'm curious about your thoughts. Big fan, JW. <laughs> well... There are some real easy tiebacks to some previous conversational <laughs> yeah, subjects I mean, here. Yeah, you've made some of them. I would say straight up eating a can of Pringles is yeah. one of the loneliest experiences when it comes it to has food. To be. And that is one that I've experienced many times. <laughs> like just eating a whole something. Yeah. That's right. what you don't just eat. You don't just eat. That's that's got to be the tagline then, right? They're just saying like, please, oh, you don't, you just, don't just, just, please <laughs> make some friends. Just please, please get out there. Share the Pringles. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the saddest experience is uh, it, is going to Costco, which uh-huh. like if oh, you man. if if you guys have ever been in a situation where you don't have a roommate but uh-huh. you have a Costco membership. Oh, that was me. I used to live like oh, actually, the original apartment in which we recorded the original version of Idle Thumbs starting in 2008, I lived a couple blocks away from a Costco and I lived in a just a small studio apartment alone. I, and I had a Costco member. I don't know if this is just a West Coast experience because I'm going to talk about Red Vines as opposed to Twizzlers, <laughs> mm. but Costco sells the tub of Red Vines that in huge writing says one pound on it <laughs> and it's just... Oh, I know, I know that tub. And it's, yeah, oh, that's a classic tub. That's a very like, classic video tub. Video game mm-hmm. development studios often buy that tub, which is a bad decision, but occasionally an individual living alone will buy a tub of candy that in huge writing says one pound on it and its only job is to eventually be empty and make you feel really alone when you look at an empty thing that says you ate one pound of like waxy gooey red licorice yeah and like it's Mm. passed through you and no one saw it but yourself but you know that you did it because there's just a big huge piece of like exhibit a is just (laughs) of your life is sitting there and then you paint a bird onto it and continue to live there alone (laughs) that's what that's what a a crow flies by your window perches on your balcony and goes waxy pound baby no it does not boo boo (laughs) fuck you you just said you ate a pound of waxy fucking whatever i'm just being true to uh, (laughs) the the form of red vines yeah it's true. Red yeah. vines, you have to really have want your candy everything to be waxy. About, everything about that waxy pound is terrible too, because that the lid is this like shitty sort of plastic. It thing ostensibly that's so, unscrews, it's so but it never yeah, unscrews. It's just, it's a flimsy it just gets... piece of shit that you sort of just smush back onto the top, and yeah. it just feels it's so low quality. It it it, it correctly. It correctly communicates the shittiness of the entire enterprise yeah, no, that, and everything. That basically, to it. if if you live alone, that is your cement bird for like the three hours that it's that it has candy in it. Yeah, I wonder. Are, I wonder if there is an East Coast Twizzlers equivalent of that huge, disgusting tub. I bet that Twizzlers doesn't make the shame tub. 
And for that, I think Twizzlers is worse. <laughs> like, d- be honest with yourself, Twizzlers lovers. Demand that they make you a shit, gigantic, shameful tub of candy that you can put in your house instead of a bunch of individually wrapped packages. Yeah. Yeah. For your, your plastic trash instead of your wax trash. Is there a way to, like, Etsy your DIY your your empty tub into something useful that so you can sort of fool yourself into believing oh, that you mean like could I get like a yarn bomb like yeah. a perfect wrap that just that says like cookies or something on it right, treats yeah. for the dog yeah <laughs> yeah like great ways to plus up your yeah turn it into a compost your bin. shame pound <laughs> I don't know Chris yeah I don't know either what do you guys mm. think about this sandwich argument though. That sandwiches are the loneliest food? Yeah. I mean, I think we've established that they are not the loneliest food. No, because that one no. pound Twizzler tub. Or, 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 oh or the foot long Red Pringles. Vines. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. It's, a, it's a bad time. Um, I understand the, the point, though. I mean, because the, the, a sandwich, it is like, it has sort of a, uh, a preparation ritual to it that you can go through every time, but it's also just stuff you can kind of buy in a grocery store. It's not actually cooking for yourself, yeah. really. Mm. And then you can sit on a couch and eat it with one hand while you hold yeah. the TV remote in another hand, which is also not true of like real cooking for yourself. True. Basically, where you... Although I don't know if real cooking for yourself is actually lonelier. It really depends on the person. Because then if you're like, I'll set one placemat and yeah. a full, a full, <laughs> a full yeah. spread. three utensil place setting <laughs> yeah. and then a napkin and then put a plate down and like yeah. a... and then plate a meal and then that's, eat it that's definitely that's the sure nigel lonelier. treatment of loneliness no like, nigel makes two every time oh that's true that's a good point <laughs> and then no, eats you're both. right and then eats <laughs> one and then and then since he's a bird looks at the other one and goes wow there's food there and then eats it <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean i suppose that would be even lonelier yeah but that's, your that's like a conscious choice though yeah i mean well to make two yeah i i read it this long article by complete coincidence, a couple weeks ago in The Guardian about the history of the British packaged sandwich industry, which hmm. the the notion of like a pre-made packaged sandwich sold in, you know, oh, a grocery like, store. Like Pret-a-Manger or something. Or something. Sort of in the triangle. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Pret-a-Manger was like yeah. one of their key examples. And, and this is a fairly recent historical phenomenon. Apparently, it's like a multi-billion pound industry. And apparently the British packaged sandwich industry is the envy of the sort of pan-European packaged sandwich industry and British packaged sandwich corporations are like the most innovative and efficient and you know profitable packaged sandwich makers God, among British packaged sandwich <laughs> industry is just a dis- Horrible word collection. <laughs> Sorry, it's really hard to say. And it's to, got a bad mouth feel for you. Yeah, it's bad mouth feel. Bad Unlike feel. British packaged packaged sandwiches, which apparently have a notable high quality mouth, mouth feel. feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the sort of <laughs> sub thread, just sort of background threads running through this whole piece is that the rise <laughs> of the British packaged sandwich industry is, is sorry, this little <laughs> ASMR for sorry, I, I just this, this whole segment is just turning into like a like an Orson Welles outtake now it's just 
the British packaged sandwich. Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> There's no way to say There's no British packaged no. sandwich industry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it actually does. It, it is like an, an ASMR sensation that simulates the sound of unwrapping a British packaged <laughs> sandwich. British packaged It's just like sandwich you can imagine. Industry. It's it's yeah. It's uh, it's crinkly. Yeah, it's got that crinkly feel. Yeah. The, the satisfaction of a crinkly British packaged sandwich wrap. Yeah. Oh, gross. That's now getting deep into the Orson <laughs> Welles commercial, in fact. <laughs> we'll, link the, uh, the, the, we'll link the Orson Welles frozen peas commercial that Nick, Nick is referring to for those who are not familiar with it. Link that in the episode description. Anyway, the, there's sort of a, there was sort of a sub-thread to this whole article, which really? is that the package, British packaged sandwich industry's rise has sort of been in parallel with the sort of um, downfall rise, of England, rise of, <laughs> I mean, you could read it that way, but sort of the the rise of ultimate capitalist, free market, modern labor practices in the in places like the United Kingdom and the United States, uh, you know, where productivity is the kind of holy grail, and and with these new British packaged sandwiches, people. <laughs> can just dash out mm. on their lunch break, grab a sandwich, keep mm-hmm. working while eating the packaged sandwich alone in their cubicle and, you know, boost their productivity for the day while still enjoying a delicious lonely treat. As opposed to just having a nice lunch, which is what people Right, as opposed to, to taking a time, lunch. going mm-hmm. somewhere, sitting down, conversing. You've convinced me that a sandwich is the loneliest food. Yeah. Like guaranteed. Now I'm I'm sold 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think at least based on scale, I think you have to take that into account, right? Like is the if given the mm. fact that this is an entire global industry that has revolutionized the way people consume lunch, I think you have to factor that in yeah, to no. your to your definition of loneliness. It's like is a food theor- is is a food sort of the yeah. platonic ideal of this food so, is yeah. that in so, theory lonelier? Like I mean because there's a big difference between the sandwich and say like a slice of pizza or a hot dog cart because that yeah. you're going to eat on the street Did you say amongst a, a hot dog tart? Cart, cart. cart. Oh, oh, like cart. yeah. Like th- that, those foods you're going to eat on the street, like amongst yeah. other people. I see. Sure. Like, despite um, the fact yeah. that you may not talk to anybody, at least you're like out in the world. But the sandwich, you're never going to like grab and then just right. like pull out of its well, wrapper buying, and yeah. sit there you're, on the curb exactly. and like yeah. eat the yeah, sandwich. The package like, sandwich. Yeah. The package sandwich is built for its packaging to be thrown into the little waste basket at the desk of your office. Yes. It is, right. As opposed to, yeah, like the street pizza. Mm hmm. <laughs> As it's called, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know what I mean, like a yeah. hot dog cart or a pizza cart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> the the actual loneliest food is the dead crow you scrape off no, the, the highway and then is 100% furtively it. consume in the forest. Chris, a thing that you and I talk about a lot after we record these episodes and only occasionally talk about on the episode, but it's sort of the important, if true, like sadness vector is new developments that give people a thing that they want or need or claim to want or need but upon receipt of that thing their happiness actually decreases i mean right it's not so much, it's more that new developments that people neither want nor need but are compelled to consume mm-hmm. right. in a or way profess that profess to want right sure. i want something i want everything to be cheaper does not actually improve the quality of your life but like you know right at least not in way i mean it might in some ways but have it has completely unpredictable it's a bump in the rug that, yeah, that turns into a, that spirals a cataclysmic out into wave potential disaster but i feel like th- i feel like the world at the, large the, the, the packaged like 
this the this context of the sandwich turns it into one of uh, like a pretty good ultimate form of that of just like yeah it, it is a it cheap, actually it is compounds a lunch, loneliness it is a faster lunch yeah it, in theory it it wouldn't it allows you to sort of do more with your day to have more dis- remaining disposable cash uh but are you taking advantage of those things right maybe yeah or does it actually just give you more gaseous time to to fill with the bad parts of your life. Um, only it depends what the ingredients in the sandwiches are. <laughs> that determines how gaseous your time is. Why are you such like a butt guy today? <laughs> God. Sorry. Important if true, parentheses, just butt stuff with Chris Rainbow. <laughs> so Nick and I may have been replaced with cement statues, but Chris was replaced with the important if true, an important if true uh, host from the dimension where we still are just talking about poop and butts all the time. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, Jake. From the Bristol you're, verse, you're in one. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um. Well, I think. I mean, I think we're that they're getting close to wrapping up this episode. As one may wrap a British prepackaged sandwich. <laughs> you don't so, ever rewrap. Those, so this, this episode, no, you you throw it away. So you're saying this episode has been. Uh, meticulously and efficiently compartmentalized to deliver a payload that seems appealing but ultimately leaves you lonely and wanting (laughs) and then you throw the unused portion away. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what else can we hope for? Yeah. And then you die alone. Mm Mm-hmm. On an island. On an island surrounded by concrete (laughs) versions of you. That's actually something That's I really... offensive, Chris. Those birds are all unique individuals. Don't say they all look the same. Hold on. That's the thing that I really wonder about, though, with animals. Like... I mean, some. No, I'm serious. Go like, on. Why? Why? <laughs> why do all animals look the same? Okay, I know that sort of seems like a weird thing to say, except that this fucking guy, this bird, was legitimately fooled for five straight years by concrete versions of himself. Like he, they must not look that different. If I mean, it's it's like oh, they're they. We can literally just make these, paint them, and he will believe that they are real living. No, ones that's, of that's him, true. like they. I Fair mean, enough. That is kind of weird, right? About I mean, I assume not all animals are but, like but that. I but I also feel like I feel like living I mean, <laughs> living versions of many birds are able to identify and know, bond they, with an individual one, and then another one that looks kind of like comes by. I don't think they're like ah, you are my my bonded life. No, mate. I know. I mean, and I, I know that they have mating ceremonies and they choose each other based on factors that are inscrutable to me, a human, but. Nonetheless, sometimes you see the you see this kind of shit, and you're like, maybe they don't know anything. Yeah, I wonder if that. <laughs> the, I mean, I feel like <laughs> there's many lessons one could learn with that that go in many directions. Nick, what do you got to say? Well, no, I'm just imagining like somewhere someone's training a bird to just like tweet out political tweets, and the bird is just like cackling because you're <laughs> like just. Oh, it seems like they don't know anything, but. <laughs> Right, right now, like the whole world, nobody knows what's real anymore. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. We're completely yeah. stupid. Like, yeah. No. God, you really threw me you with the idea terrible. of a bird putting out a political tweet because a tweet <laughs> is like a bird thing. I was very confused. <laughs> no, yeah, I no. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I see what at. you mean, like, though. You're saying that somewhere there's a bird yeah. that is trying to lure humans to an island by just making a bunch of shitty Twitter bots and uh, just creating <laughs> right. fa- yeah. fake sort of pseudo humans yeah. that are just sort of the shape of a digital fingerprint. Right. Meanwhile, I'm over here being like, birds are so dumb. They yeah. can't even discern reality from <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> yeah. 
As I anyway, just, we, as, I, mean, as I and all of us just sink deeper. I mean, we're convinced they're out there just like there. picking up our cigarettes, but they're not even doing that, and we they have us convinced. <laughs> that's right. true. We literally, yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. As birds are going, look, these idiots think that we're gonna give them money and pick up their garbage. Wax house, baby. One guy, wax house, baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wax house. <laughs> Uh, it's true. Yeah. It's all true. Oh, it's so important. No. <laughs> no. None of this shit matters. No. All right. Should we endorse? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go first, Chris. I have a crucial oh, man. endorsement. Jake volunteering to go first. Okay. Of, speaking of things that don't matter at all, but are important, this is a thing that will, okay, this is a thing that you didn't know that you wanted, but will actually improve your life. Okay. Uh, it's also the stupidest thing. I believe it. Uh, my friend Jordan has finally finished a three-year-long project, which is to re-implement Winamp 2 in the web browser. <laughs> what? You know Winamp? Yeah, I mean, I know what Winamp <laughs> is. Remember it's, Winamp? It really was yeah, really it like yeah, old. It it's an old MP3 player. player. It was sort of like the MP3 player. I, in playing. fact, still use Winamp for various just purposes. And ter- I, yeah. Part of my job is like audio-related, and I still use Winamp sometimes. It's a that. really fast uh, audio player for just as convenient. But yeah, Winamp was sort of the one that sort of ignited the MP3 craze yep. in a lot of ways uh-huh. by making it really yeah, easy yeah. to play them. Napster plus Winamp was a classic combo. It's a good combo. Day, yeah. So uh, as sort of just a novelty thought experiment, my friend Jordan wondered how much of the Winamp feature set he could re-implement inside of a web page uh-huh. and has now gotten to 100%. So you can there's a, you can open up – he has a website on GitHub that you can open up. And so it that just, includes like playlists and stuff? Yes. Wow. Right now it just opens up the classic Winamp 2 window. <laughs> if you drag an MP3 onto it, it will play it. If you press the playlist button, it will open a playlist, and you can drag a bunch of local MP3s wow. into that, and it creates a playlist. If you drag a Winamp skin file on it, which is technically actually a zip file, he found a library that, that can unpack zip files inside of browsers. So you can literally drag a Winamp skin file into your browser window and it will change to the Winamp skin. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so it has playlists, equalizers, and the main player. Does he have some built-in skins that are already preloaded? Yeah, so the there's, there's okay. some preloaded skins as well. But yeah, if so you just some go... some just like six swoopy, yeah. like green neon yeah, so if you, if you want to relive skins. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it all actually works correctly. Like, I think because of the way MP3 streaming inside of a web browser works, streaming files doesn't work quite as well as you'd want. Um, but that's the same as literally any MP3 player in a web browser. Like it's it's not quite as responsive as Winamp in some use cases. But basically, if you have a sort of nostalgic sweet spot for Winamp and want to re-experience it with any MP3 files that you have either on your computer or just URLs, you can go to his website um, hmm. and re-experience all of it. And he's I I, I asked you know, him is it is there like a easy to I'll, remember? I'll, I'll read the URL link out right now. Okay. I. He put, posted to Twitter to it about it today because he had finally gotten all three of the main windows working, the equalizer, the playlist, and the main Winamp window. And um, my next question was, are you going to get visualizers to work maybe using WebGL? Because that's the other sort of Winamp aesthetic is the cheesy, like, tracy, like, traced color cycling lines that you could full screen to, like, v- v- see your music. And then he said... Actually, someone is already working on that as a branch of his project. Wow. So when it hmm. visualizer support may also be coming. That's amazing. Okay, so yeah, he's not technically at 100% functionality. If you Right, he has his, his, his functionality is 100% of the three Winamp windows. But, but I see. But Winamp plugins and the visualizer don't work. Got it. Um, it's a long URL, actually, to get to, but I, I'll read it off just in case. Anyway, if you go to jordaneldridge.com, which is J-O-R-D-A-N, 
E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E, georgianeldridge.com slash projects slash winamp2-js. Uh, will go to this project, and then it also links to his GitHub page and to some other stuff. But it's just literally a copy of Winamp, so go check that out if you like Winamp. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. All right, Nick, what is your endorsement? Uh, I'm going to endorse an activity, uh, a very simple activity, but one that is a bit of a rabbit hole. I'm going to endorse learning how to draw, not actually knowing or like... like uh, being good at drawing or or like let me just be clear i'm not good at drawing uh but the act of attempting <laughs> to learn how to draw is what uh-huh. i'm endorsing um okay if you're anything like me as a kid you probably spent a lot of time like drawing and just generally you know farting around on a you know canvas of some kind um and i like Actually, you know what? Uh, this would be a good uh, touch point for this. Every time I go to Disneyland, um, there's a specific uh, one of my favorite uh, sort of like it's not it's not a ride, but it's uh, just like I don't know what do you call a non-ride thing at Disneyland? Just like a place you go, and there's like a thing an to attraction. do. It's just an, an interact- interactive thing, and you go and it, it's it's the drawing. Well, it's it? the learn how to draw uh, thing oh, that yeah. they have. And you sit down in a, in a little uh, auditorium, and there's just a sketch artist who teaches you how to draw like a Disney character. Yeah, that's great. That's really yeah. I, like I love that. doing I've only done that it once, but it was really fun. I love doing it. the The problem is the problem that I have is that you're surrounded by like six year olds, <laughs> and <laughs> at the end you have to hold up your drawing and show everybody what your drawing was. And yeah. every time it is a fucking embarrassment for me. Like every time <laughs> I just look like the biggest fucking baby because I can't draw anymore. I just, I haven't drawn anything in like Wait, hold 25 on a second. years. Are you saying, hold on. Are you saying you're, you go to, to Disneyland California Adventure, yeah. go to a drawing class, and then are like crushed with shame when six-year-olds draw better than you? You yeah, know, I Is love 29 minutes and 30 seconds of that, but the last 30 seconds is just the worst. I've taken it just like I'll take I'm Janelle's. trying to identify what part of it is the yes, part that, that is, is the terrible. part. It's that's the part. That's like, the part. I drew Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, and mine looks like Stitch. Yeah. And Nick I, either, is like, I crumple it mine up is worse. before, like, I just throw it away, or, like, I take Janelle's and write my name on it and then hold that <laughs> up. Like, I just, every moment of that, like, I hate it. So, uh, fast forward to, like, a couple of weeks ago, Janelle, uh, my girlfriend, uh, has a sort of uh, routine where she'll just, she just has a big, like, uh, spiral bound sketchbook and at night if we're just sitting on the couch and like watching something or d- doing something sort of passive she'll just pull it out and spend like 20-30 minutes just kind of sketching um, and uh, like in the last couple of weeks I've just like been stealing her sketchbook after she's finished and just kind of farting around and then she bought me my own sketchbook at a certain point because I was just you know destroying her sketchbook with garbage um, yep. and I actually find it really relaxing. Like I'm not good, but I'm definitely improving in the way that like you kind of like drawing. I find like in my head, even though I know that a lot of it is just a matter of practicing, I still like associate it with something that is just, if you're talented at drawing, you're talented. Sure. And if you're not, then you're not, and you're just never going right. to be good at it. But just passively doing it on the couch and not actually sitting down, like saying, I'm going to learn how to draw for an hour. Like just kind of doing it as just like a, I'm fucking around kind of activity. What kind of stuff do you draw? Uh, just like figures or just, you know, like other, like just, you know, just, just people basically, you know, just wow. like stuff, just stuff off, you know, just like, you know, p- like pictures of people's, I'll just draw Janelle's face, you know, just like if she's just like Jesus watching something. Christ. 
I um, would be so crushed and oh god, it's demoralized by so, my own attempts that I could never, I could never yeah, do this. There's definitely like a hump, even within the like a single night for me, where like I'll just get frustrated, throw the thing down, stare at it for a while, and then just get like mad enough that I'll pick it back up and like try again. <laughs> you know, like it's not always that's, enjoyable. That's, yeah, it's not that's always the enjoyable between the two yeah, of us. Yeah, it's not always enjoyable, but um, I, I will say that I've actually. As on the whole, I've I've been finding it really interesting, and I don't know if I'll keep up with it, but it's it's definitely like buying your own sketchbook and just like doing it as something where if you've got like a thing on in the background, I find was like the way to kind of mentally free up my mind from saying like, oh, this is a serious attempt at like doing something, like just kind of treating it as if you know you were just like reading your phone or something, you know. That's and what and what benefit do you think has accrued to you from doing this? Um, none whatsoever. No, I mean I think actually like. I mean, I, br- I say because you're endorsing it, so I'm curious what your motivation for endorsement is. I find it uh, valuable in and of itself, just as an activity that is relaxing, but also I suspect it will probably just give me a better appreciation for, I don't know, like, just art in general, yeah. I, in long term. Like, even just, like, learning how to, like, block out a figure, I think, has been valuable to me. I don't know if it'll be valuable to, like, everybody, but I think it's sure. I think it's definitely, like, valuable in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a I have a chained on endorsement to this, which sure. is maybe up a similar alley, but would benefit a different type of person who's interested in this sort of thing. Um, which is, if you if you are if you're interested in upping your basic art acumen or your ability to appreciate visual art, but don't think that you have the sort of personality that would get you to just draw every night. This is again. This is a thing that other, some people also would completely never do, but some people would. It is it is just take an intro to studio art class or an intro to drawing mm-hmm. a composition class in the evenings at a local community college or JC. Like I am a shitty, shitty, shit illustrator. Um, even though my job is a graphic designer or a user interface designer, like I can't draw for crap. But in not actually in college, but in summers between college, I I did a couple of just like intro to drawing a composition classes, intro to studio art, like learn how a charcoal pencil works, draw like some still life's draw model studies. And it was just like one or two nights a week for a couple of months. And I feel like my ability to understand the process behind art and the thinking that goes into art <sighs> went up like exponentially just in in that and I, I think that you would probably get similar takeaways by making yourself do the work of just trying to make sketches that you're happy with over sure. time but <clears throat> in that structured version I feel like I like it probably upped my ability to draw but more than that I think it gave me a working understanding and respect of the process mm-hmm. in a way that lets me look at something that's really well executed and good. Yeah. And I can imagine my own shitty hand doing a shit version of it in a way right. that like anybody that's taken like a survey course in college knows, or like in high school even knows that like that stuff will years later pay off in a way that you didn't yeah, expect. It's you know? just a studio art class is interesting though, in, in particular because you have to buy the huge board and you know, you have to buy the huge sketch mm-hmm. pad and the pencils and, yep. and charcoal or whatever. And you have to actually make it, which is different than like an intro to critical studies or a history of, of, of art or of a piece sure. of history. Well, it's or whatever. a difference between a sort of appreciation and practice. Yeah. And both of which are valuable, but are very different. Yeah. But just, I, I only wanted to mention it because even like, 
I should just draw every day is something that I tell myself and I know that it would even benefit my career and I'm pr- I'm probably not going to do it but yeah, I, I would hard actually to be self-directed. especially as I get older I would be way more likely to actually make myself go enroll in a class sure yeah uh, that's that's interesting that's a very good uh, set of experiences and uh, endorsements all right my uh, endorsement actually I will preface my endorsement with a an addendum to a previous endorsement about a couple months ago I endorsed the iOS app of the New York Times crossword puzzle, which I, as I said, I do every day. And since then, I keep forgetting to, to mention this, but since then I, I've gotten a number of emails, tweets, whatever else, of people informing me that there is in fact an, a good Android version of that app now, which there wasn't the last time I had an Android phone. It was ter- the version they had was awful. It was like a port of the BlackBerry version, which was already bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was uh, ho- horrible. Apparently, at some point since then, I don't know when, uh, it's been replaced with a very nice new, up to date, uh, re completely remade Android app of the New York Times Crossword. So, regardless of whether you have an iOS or an Android phone, the New York Times Crossword has a good app for it. Uh, also, I want to give an update. When I first endorsed that crossword app, I think I said my daily streak, which is when you complete a crossword puzzle before, it's something like, at least in, in the Pacific region, it's something like before 10 p.m. on the day of the crossword's release, then it gets added to your streak. And if you consecutively you know, do this for many crosswords in a row, you you essentially have what amounts to a high score. And I think at the time I said my, t- my, my streak was something like 35 days. Mentioning that must have, it must have made me more speedy in terms of getting them done on the actual day instead of letting them tick over into the following day. Because now uh, I have, I am on a, my new highest streak, uh, which is, has blown away my previous record of 35 or whatever it was. I'm now at 81 wow. days mm. running. So, I mean, I must have, I must be pretty much on a streak from when I first recommended that, that app or even farther back than that. Um, so good for me. Anyway, it's on <laughs> Android Chris. now. The other, the other endorsement is something that is so stupid. It's even stupider than, than a fake version of WinApp that runs in a web browser. That's not <laughs> stupid at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not stupid. It's impressive. Um, uh, but what I guess I meant was like... It's fine, Chris. I know what you meant. I know what your heart says. You know what my heart says. I am going to endorse an app called Matt Hancock MP. Are either of you familiar with this? No. No. Okay. Jake, no? No. A member of parliament in the United Kingdom has released... Whose name, <laughs> by the way, is Matt Hancock. Yep. Uh, has, has released a social network... Named after himself, mm. it is an it is an entirely self-contained social network called Matt Hancock, and you can download it on iOS or Android and create an account on it. I would strongly recommend not using your main email address signing up for this because, according to some reporting, this is shockingly not the most secure network ever created. <laughs> uh, but you can make an account on Matt Hancock NP. And interact with other people who have made accounts on Matt Hancock MP. Ostensibly, okay. the purpose of this app is for members of Matt Hancock's local 
mm. UK constituency oh, to sort of talk about local issues. But there's nothing prevent li- preventing literally any human being on the planet from signing up for an account on oh, Matt Hancock. That sounds MP. really good. That sounds yeah. like it's a good social network. Yeah, it's really fucking Looking for dumb. your Twitter alternative? We've found it. Yep. It's the, the main feed in a sort of weird, like, almost dystopian touch. The main feeds of the app only allow posts by Matt Hancock himself. Uh, so it's just this, like, never-ending feed of, of just, like, low-level political sort of propaganda, basically, of Matt Hancock, like, speaking at local events and, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, talking about his activities in parliament or whatever and sort of talking about how great the conservative party is of which he's a member. Um, but if you go to the have your say section, it's just a full on fucking fake Facebook where just everyone is in here posting shit. And of course there's, there are just like infinite, Matt Hancock memes that have now been created and people just posting about bullshit and talking. This this era is one that I've kind of hoped will get bigger. I mean, right now, like in the last year, people have talked a lot about how increasingly, especially for sort of online savvy folks, the amount of conversation and hours spent on like big social networks seems to have receded a little bit in favor of sort of pocket communities like discord or slack chat systems or people who are going and either chatting using mastodon to replace twitter or talking on instances Mm -hmm. of mastodon i hope we can get even more boutique than that so that it's just like uh, this is this is the dream for me of just like a little (laughs) it's it's another it's just like a tiny pinprick in the internet that if you look inside of it could be an entire fully fledged social like social network yeah. i mean in this because it, it has the infrastructure to be a yeah, terrible it, I, one it is one in theory yeah i i uh like our, steamed our... hams but it is an entire social network <laughs> with two million <laughs> right. active users yeah right like we could that's the, that's basically yes. what this is right yeah i mean right exactly with its own stupid meme culture and like whatever mm-hmm. uh i Ben Burbank, a friend of ours, or co-worker of, of mine and Jake's, he also made an account on this, and we have just oh, been are you guys sending friends? each other. Yeah, we're friends. He's my only friend on Matt Hancock, and he and I just send each other messages through Matt Hancock. What's your, what's your like, do people have the ability to friend you? Can they look up Chris I don't know. Remo? I mean, my name is just Chris Remo. So okay, so everyone should sign up. Yeah. Should, can you set up, me up on Matt Hancock, God, can you y'all? set up groups inside of this as well? I don't know. Because if you, if you can, I have absolutely no we've got to get the official Important of True uh, sort mm. of community awareness center inside of Matt Hancock, Matt, Matt Hancock MP. Yeah, I, I actually don't know the answer to like, that. Does it have hashtag support? Like, you got to, we got <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answers to all this. Oh, another thing is the. Oh, I forgot. This is an amazing thing I mentioned. There also is an entire. There's a section called live stream, which is reserved for just Matt Hancock live streaming himself. But there's a constant like real time chat. That oh, is, so people that are there on, all the time. That is on whether or not a live stream <laughs> is happening, and you can set up the app to uh, notify you when Matt Hancock starts streaming himself live. It's, I mean, in, in a way, it's sort of a, a weird monument of egocentrism and sort yeah. of like you could imagine this being used in really distressing political contexts if operated by someone with any real political power. Yeah, what if in Donald the Trump world. made this? Exactly. In fact, I'm kind of shocked he hasn't, to be honest. Uh, it's, yeah, Matt Hancock could sell this to Donald Trump right now for a stupid well, amount of money. No, because Matt Hancock, this is apparently just a white label oh. thing that you can just buy. Well, what's from, the price of this, Chris? I mean, I'm sure it's expensive to some degree because it has to be ongoing. Maintained. Yeah, but like our Patreon's doing all right. I'll just like 
aid and NPR. <laughs> Are you suggesting we make an important if true yeah. social network? Yeah. Important oh if true dot online. Important <laughs> if true dot network. Yeah. Oh my God. Chris, we could be live streaming this only to people who are on our bespoke boutique social network. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we could research it. If anyone knows, there's a there's a specific company that that made this for Matt Hancock, and they, I think, just do this for companies. Probably usually not individual human beings, but usually (laughs) probably for companies that have some reason to have this. But no one really has any reason to have this, which means we might as well have. Uh, Anyway, that's my. My worthless, worthless endorsement, the app Matt Hancock MP, available on iOS and Android, possibly also coming soon, importantiftrue.online. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if that pans out. Importantiftrue.zone. Importantiftrue.zone. That's definitely what it is. You're right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Important If True. Uh, if you head over to importantiftrue.com, you could su- subscribe to this podcast. And for every episode of the show, see show notes, see all the links of things we've we've uh, talked about. If you're watching this on YouTube or, or anywhere else and you uh, don't... So if you're listening to this on a podcast reader, all the show notes should be in there as well. But if you're somewhere that doesn't have those, head over to importantiftrue.com and every episode has all those links. I'm just saying this because sometimes we get people commenting on our YouTube videos asking for links to things. Um, Jake is, is amused by well, something. I just I, I was looking up some domain names for our possible social network, uh-huh. and uh, my first choice was my-online.zone, which is available, <laughs> but then uh, Hover recommended... <laughs> it recommended... <laughs> my-online.online <laughs> Oh, and I feel like myinternetgroup.com is available. There's this combination. What did you start searching for? That These are the answers. My-online.zone was my first search, and it's giving me just a bunch of algorithmically generated myonline.mom <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, my-online.online my could be the home of our uh, of our future sure oh maybe we should get important if true dot pro because it's the social network for professionals for professionals mm. <laughs> and then we could also have important if on important if true dot pro slash sumer which is the <laughs> prosumer free that's the that's the free trial version my yeah. online dot enterprises is available anyway sorry anyway whatever they, uh, anyway, importantiftrue.com also has all the other information about where we can be found on the internet. Um, none of the domains I just listed are where we can yeah, be found. None of those are going to resolve. <laughs> Sorry. If you would like an ad-free version of this show, you can pledge to our Patreon at patreon.com slash importantiftrue. And the details of how to do that are there on that page along with other options. If you have a question, a quandary, need some advice uh, or explanations... Go ahead and send that in to questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best. And I think that's about it. I think that's all we got for this week's episode of Important If True. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. Stay spicy, but don't just eat them.
we spun up our own social network that we then abandoned, but offered access to only to Patreon backers. Browse our unmaintained, abandoned social network. We're really network. expecting, we're expecting subscriptions to go way up when we replaced yeah. anything tangible or of value with this unique opportunity. Well, we put <laughs> an exclusive community at, at importantiftrue.zone slash online dot websites. Well, if we just live streamed our bullshit out to it, it would totally be fine. What, like this? Recording the podcast? Yeah. Jesus. That's terrifying. <laughs> but it's only through an exclusive app, which means no one would watch it. It means the only people who would watch it are the people willing to give us such a fucking outrageous amount of benefit of the doubt <laughs> that would true. probably be okay. That's the only that's the only chance we have yeah. is basically sort of sympathy and trust that that borders on pity. <laughs>